Well, you wear you wear shirts with like boats and sailboats and anchors on it all the time. <laughs> all right, here's what we're gonna do. <sighs> Hello, gentlemen. This song just gets me rocking. Rocking. Oh man. Like, this, this could have been on the um, the dude that was singing Fleetwood Mac on the skateboard. Could have been this song, too. You think? I like it. I don't know, man. It's good. Soon. Best movie, too. Oh, yeah? Haven't seen it yet. My kids have all seen it. I don't even know what movie it is. Well, this song came from the original Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Or not nope. Across the Spider-Verse. Spidey Into, into the, the Spider-Verse. Spider and then Across the Spider-Verse just came out last week as a sequel. Yep. It's phenomenal. And they have used this song again. I don't think they did. Oh, uh, okay. I, I thought that's what you were referring to. No, I was referring to the original movie. Yep. So, uh, rolling us in with a little Post Malone. Uh, I did a little research because, uh, as you guys well know, based on where we're sitting, we are in Dallas, Texas. Frisco, to be exact. Cross street from uh, the U.S. Soccer Hall of Fame. Uh, I love it. Yeah. The Dallas FC Toyota Park Complex, their main stadium, and then the additional uh, uh, Academy Complex fields. The boys are down here. Yeah. Uh, City Academy, as well as Scott Gallagher is down here. Uh, SDA is down here. St. Louis is extremely well represented. You have three teams uh, from the city. Three teams from 15, the city. 15s, 16s, and 17s. And Gallagher's U15. And uh, SDA's, SDA's got two, I think. Yeah, I think two. You know, venue-wise, for me, um, being across from the Soccer Hall of Fame, you know, kudos to John Shine because he's just got a class act type place, and we love doing the show there. But we're a soccer dad pod, and we're doing it across from our nation's Soccer Hall of Fame. Yeah. That's pretty slick. Loaded pretty, pretty with people cool. from St. Louis. Yep. That's right. Uh, played a little Post Malone here uh, because I did a little bit of research because, uh, as you guys well know, the music matters, uh, and I looked up. Uh, famous artists from the state of Tejas, uh, specifically Dallas area. And lo and behold, Post Mr. Malone's from Dallas. Mr. Huh? Post Malone. His dad, uh, interesting fact, is a executive on Mr. Jerry Jones's um, football um, operations. Thank you. That's an interesting fact. That's so, <laughs> thank you. We are, we're receiving fresh refills here at Jake's Burgers and Beer. Cross street from the stadium. What's, what's your name again? Addie. Addie. Addie is our waitress today. She's stoked that a podcast is in here. Go ahead, put the headphones on. Say hello real quick. Put the headphones on. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. We're going to, we freestyle. We have no format. And our <laughs> listeners know that you're now officially part of the lack of format. I love that. Like that? Everything has to be kind of chaotic. That's how serving is. So tell, tell us about Jake's. What's Jake's claim to fame right here, other than being across street from the Soccer Hall of Fame? So Jake's claim to fame is the famous burgers that we've had for a few years. So the way that the Jake's franchise is split up, we have Jake's End Zone, Jake's Game Day, and then we're just Jake's, which is burgers and beer. Uptown? Yeah, we have the Uptown as well. So you'll find them like with different names and McKinney. So, so deep in the heart of Texas, are they actually beef burgers exclusively? None of that faux meat? Or... They are beef burgers exclusively. Now, Jared like wants that. to know, are they grass-fed? <laughs> so it is not Wagyu beef. Um, I do not want to know if they're grass-fed. And I don't want to order one if they're grass-fed. <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't like the grass-fed. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Addie, thank you very much for joining us. And uh, we'll be around if we get 
out of control, just say so. I will. Just come over and unplug it. It's all good. We'll, yeah, we'll, I'll just we'll, plug you guys off and yeah. not tell anyone. Love it. All right. Thanks, Eddie. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. So, we're down here in Texas uh, getting Texas hospitality, beers, etc. cetera. Uh, got the MLS Next tournament and showcase going down. Um, want to go backwards a little bit like we always do. Uh, previous episode, we had the, the mullets and muscle Mullet and muscle man himself, Mark Moser. That's a lot of M's. Trash can, ice baths with B- a bush. Bush beers. Um, and we, we've sensed that episode. We've talked. Uh, in fact, Zach, t- t- tell the listeners. You started a little bit of project because we mentioned it on the show. Yeah. I have a rough draft of a script for a <laughs> show or movie uh, inspired by the mid 80s steamers and the uh the chaos the chaos yeah it it really the image that sparked it was when mark talked about ice baths in a trash can with beers floating in it and just cigarettes just flowing cigarettes the youth's coming in after the halftime game frozen buses with gear (laughs) so they had to borrow (laughs) shoes from the opposing team Um, so awesome i mean i think there's just a boundless amount and the reason that we're 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 saying this on the air is for copyright reasons so somebody tries to steal it first we said it this is time yeah (laughs) Uh, you know in the episode i really enjoyed um and it was very subtle is mark went down this road kind of unprovoked about um center back's hair um and he went through that rant and a friend and whatnot was talking to him via text. This is unbelievable. And then you're over there going, Mark, I'm looking at your 1991 photo here. Yeah. <laughs> the flow. And then he was proud of it. He, he was. was like, man, it was awesome. But he also, you know, was very defensive in the fact that he said, listen, I might have had a mullet. But I wasn't fixing my hair in the middle of a match because it <laughs> yeah. was short on top and long in the back. Oh well, uh, go check out the episode. It's it a lot good. of fun. If you are if you're a lover of all things soccer, specifically '80s crazy MISL indoor soccer, uh, trips to the barn and Van Halen and all that, uh, go check it out. It's a fun one. Um, what else do we have going on here? Well, go ahead. Big news since our last recording as well is that we were speculating on that episode about the next U.S. men's national team coach. And yeah. the next 24 hours later, it was announced during the match versus Mexico, which we should talk about a little bit, that Burhalter is coming back. Yeah, so they we go to the World Cup with Burhalter, a team that he, for all intent and purposes, built. Uh, do fairly well, get out of group, uh, choke, in my opinion, against Holland. Uh, then Geo Gates ensues yeah just just makes us all look like a bunch of turds uh that all plays out he gets fired uh u.s soccer goes silent for months at a time and then all of a sudden literally two days prior to announcing his hire they come out and say we have 10 people that are on this short list that we're interviewing Uh, number one we don't know who those 10 were if they even existed you gotta assume nine yeah yeah. let's just say again you know my corporate crap world that I live in, when you have an internal candidate, you still have to go through the process of <laughs> interviewing all these people. For equity reasons for equity and, for, and all the other stuff for, that's in our world. Yeah, for all kinds of reasons. Well, um, for me, um, the credence on the equal pay and being able to not get a big name for big time money 
What is your take on that? I think that was a, a ruse. I mean, he was already making 3x times what the women's coach was making anyway. Well, but I think what he's talking about is if you were going to get a, uh, a Pep or a Josie or a Vieira or somebody like that that was theoretically on the short list, you're not paying them 1.5. You're paying them 10.5. True. Um, and if the, you know, none of us really know the details as to how the equal pay within U.S. soccer funnels out as you know not on the coaching side at least well that's what i'm saying like you know at some point the revenue you know that comes into play um you know if that if that's if that's the reason then for however long this window was of suspension fire then we hire an outside agency to bring back burr we never had a chance in the first place to get those guys if that was the reason which is kind of shitty well, it makes us look as if well, we it's were a dog and pony show. Playing, I mean, why? Why playing, even talk about it? Yeah, playing possibly. You know what? Yeah. You, you know what do you what do you gain? What do you gain from that? I I think in situations like this, in the world we live in, when something goes down like that, there has to be an immediate reaction, uh, usually at the detriment of one or the other party, and then once things calm down. They reassess, they do an evaluation, they do an investigation, they realize, ah, we kind of heavy-handed that. Yeah. And realize, because take, take the Rainier situation out off the table. Burhalter is still a coach. There's no controversy. Well, his record of 37, 11, and 12 right. over, I mean, is so pretty successful. It's, it's kind of a, not a, it's not a moo point. You know, it's not what cows say. But it is. Touche. <laughs> it is something that you take that, and it wasn't really even his thing that's that's on that's on Claudio yeah. and his wife I think not not Burhalter yeah and Burhalter tried to keep it I don't know who leaked all the information out to the team and now to the media but perfect topic on Father's Day which Agreed. today is Father's yeah. Day well clearly um here's what here's where I'll lay my hat um by all accounts I think the nucleus of the team um other than, I mean, Gio and Pepe are saying the right things, and we know what happened leading up to that World Cup. Um, they're saying the right things clearly because they want to be in the mix, especially if he's the coach. But by all accounts, the mainstay nucleus of the team wants him back, correct? Yeah, that goes a long very, way. Very yeah, it seems blatantly that way. clear that he wanted him back. I think it's more of the pundits uh, are embarrassed by it. You know, some of the ex-U.S. soccer yeah. guys were extremely vocal about, you know, what that the way that all played out and how it made us all look bad, right? Yeah. As a, as a program, as a nation, right? Within soccer. Um, so, you know, t I think Taylor said it best, like, why do we do this? Okay. So we go through geo gate, you fire them, then we hire a third party to go find, you know, candidates and, you know, and everybody's super, super quiet, but we're going through the process and then you bring them back. Like you should have just said nothing and just brought them back. That's yeah. What Agreed. did we pay um, the third party? Nobody will ever know. Um, where is that money on the equity side? We paid a third party probably a pretty handsome sum to conduct their investigation slants hiring process. Unless that third party was uh, Burr Halter's wife, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or maybe, you know, hi hired the Rangers, right? And right. said, we'll pay you whenever you execute this process. Uh, and oh, by the way, we're going to bring in. I, I, I think it's it's it's. To me, from a competitive anyway. standpoint, from a continuity standpoint, having Burhalter back, I think is a good thing. I really do. I don't. I'm not a huge. I've never been a huge fan, but I think trying to bring somebody in at this point with all that shit that went down. Yeah. 
could have been more trouble than it was worth. You know, the devil you know versus the one you don't. Well, how about this? The game, which we haven't talked about, which we will talk about right now. Yeah, let's shift in. Gio um, was damn good. He was on the ball a ton. I liked his attitude. I liked his fight. He got punched in the freaking nose with a shoulder hard, got up, got got the crowd going. Um, for me, our stars were stars in that game, they and were. we belittled Mexico more so than I've seen maybe ever. I've never well, seen Mexico. Well, what are like we? That. We're on a seven, eight, eight game run of undefeated against Mexico. Uh, like three, three wins, four ties, something like that. Bottom line is yeah. we haven't lost to them in a long time. It's been a while. But that game in particular, you, you know, we talked about it off the air uh, just the other day when you looked at the lineup from a firepower standpoint. I mean. Probably one of the t- toughest lineups we've had in a long, long time. Yeah, and yeah. with Balagon coming on, uh, I didn't see my. I, I, I'll be honest. I kind of bowed out after the second goal and then sure. all the red cards. So I didn't really see him play live very much. I didn't see much when, while he was out there. I thought Pulisic was still dominant. Um, if Josh Sargent, if Ricardo Pepe, or if anybody else we've tried at the nine had that game, people would be freaking out. Because it's his first game, because it's a big-time hot yeah. button, um, we picked you, meaning that he picked the United States as a federation. Um, he got a little bit of a pass if we're really being objective and honest after reading all of the BS from after the game. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. I mean, it's, it's early. And, and, you know, maybe tonight he'll have a different style game without, you know, Dest and, and without McKinney. Uh, well, realistically, I mean, let's call it spade a spade. The dude's had less than what thirty, forty days, maybe, right. of of engagement with the with the team. You know, as a uh, as a player, as an announced right. player, uh, first game ever with us, and you're playing Mexico. Um, you, you yeah, know, in front of sixty five thousand people in Vegas, pro Mexico. Yeah, yeah, let's let's throw him, you know, into the deep end. He didn't sink. Um, no. You know, he didn't win the race, but um, I mean, look, yeah, again, look what I, he's doing it in in, yeah. in I, league. I, did you watch the the pregame when they were they did a big piece on him? And some of those goals he scored in that French first division. Yeah, they're if we get any of those goals, I mean, he scored some bangers. I mean, yeah, I'm excited. Again, I'm not. This isn't me critiquing him. It's it's all the things you mentioned, JB, about the environment and the time and all that. I I just think. Again, we've talked about this so many times about he's the next thing or they're the next thing. And, and we throw them in these situations that the other group has been preparing for for years, expecting him to shine at that same time. And I think that's just unrealistic in most cases. Yeah, I, I just I just do it. It very rarely pans out that way where you take somebody like that and they rise to that extremely high level uh, in the first moment. But I, I want to say something it is father's day we are soccer dads and i'm going to give a shout out to one of our own who's that mr jared bertrand because today at 5:30 p.m just across the street his son drew bertrand has been selected to play yep, in the yep. mls u15 all-star game along with stone marion from our city team so two of our city boys here comes the golf clap yep Two of our city boys <laughs> playing in the uh, MLS All-Star game tonight at 5.30. Very proud for Drew and for uh, Stone. And kudos to you, Jared and, uh, and Kelly. Yeah, congratulations, man. 
appreciate the kind words, guys. I mean, it goes a long way. Um, a lot of work. We, we, uh, we have nothing but kind words all the time. That's all we do. We yeah. are loaded with kind words. Yep. yep. You guys are. <laughs> I've always said that about you guys. Uh, so here's, here's what, uh, last thing, last thing I want to bring up here real quick. Um, the last night our City SC boys played uh, the, ki- the, the, the kids down in Music City, mm-hmm. Nashville. Uh, not a great result. Real quickly, we lost 3-1. Is what it is. We've got a lot of banged up uh, issues. Uh, but the thing that I wanted to point out, and again, this, this, it's like being here looking at the Soccer Hall of Fame, talking about the St. Louis teams down here. You look at last night's lineup for Nashville. Um, who you got right there in the middle in the back? You got two of them. Willis and Mayer, yep. right? Center back, Gallagher product, St. Louis kid. Goalie, Chaminade, St. Louis product as well. Willis, um, we're everywhere. I know TK is over the moon with, with Mr. Willis and his um, success in our professional league. Yeah. Um, I, I actually enjoy um, scanning the socials and seeing um, TK um, uh brag or congratulate via the socials uh, him and all of his other guys yeah, i mean t- tim kelly for those of you yeah tk yeah acronyms. i mean it, it, it's it's pretty cool i uh i'm super uh you know super right now is and we've talked about it it's kind of a goal a, a new golden age for st louis soccer at all levels right the the youth programs are just just dominating continue to dominate continuing to put players into High-level Division One programs into the pros, and now all of our, you know, our expats that are in Nashville and all, all over the nation are killing it. And you look at Tim Ream and Sargent overseas; it's just not stopping. Well, Which brings me to, uh, we're going to be taking a break here in just a second because our guest today, we're going to go backwards. Oh yeah, we're going to go to one of those hammer, hammer names. I can't uh, wait. It's that just, you know, and again, you're in your car, you're reading who the guest is. You already know, you know, but we're going to, we're going to tease it vote, you know, over the air here. There's a lot of similarities to the things that we just said. We talked about Mark Moser in 1991. <laughs> yeah. 1991 was a huge year for our guest. We talked about hairstyles. Oh, I yeah. think that dude had a good hairstyle. Oh, I, can, yeah. I, I uh, can tell you where he got it from, too. It was the <laughs> 62040, well, baby. Going back to what you're saying, JB, about just all the different, you know, seeds that have been sprouted. Uh, from St. Louis now growing other places. I sent you guys a, a screenshot of an email I got today from soccer.com, which is the, the biggest online warehouse for all soccer stuff. Yeah. yeah. And the bottom of that was a picture of Caden Glover. Pushing Adidas spikes. His Adidas spikes. He's playing. We can't see him right now, but he's playing right now. Yeah, on the uh, other side of that Down fence. on field 13. Um, and uh, it's just cool. I mean, it's just it's just really cool to see all these things happening for the St. Louis folks, and not just St. Louis. The country in general is, is getting better. MLS is getting better. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Soccer is uh, soccer's taking over. So we're gonna roll out with the Mr. Post Malone, Dallas's own. Uh, we're gonna be back with our guest uh, here at Jake's Burgers and Beer in Frisco, Texas. You guys ready? Let's go. All right. I think your love would be too much. The term staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the arch, the Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, 
the music box has a master suite for just you, a loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find the Music Box Chalet. And now, back to those guys. Okay. We're back. Here, Jake's. I got another uh, Texas tune here. This is a Texas tune, and there's a lot of similarities, too. I'm thinking our guest had the same haircut as this dude in I 1990. Guarantee, side by side. <laughs> I, I don't know if he could play the guitar as well, but he maybe maybe equitably played soccer as well as this guy played the guitar. That's fair. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, our guest today is the man known as Trit, Mister Steve Trichu. How are you doing, Steve? Good. Thanks for having me, guys. And I, and I did have long hair then. <laughs> no, we know. <laughs> we, we, I'm trying to get the kids to bring it back one of these days. Well, well the, it's the, coming back. Yeah, yeah the, Drew's got it. The, the, That's true. The, 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 the faux hawk slash wannabe mullet, it's coming. Yeah. Well, here's my favorite picture, Trit, is of your Montreal Impact like uh, team picture. Not only do you have the mullet... You also have a cut yep. above your left eye with a big <laughs> bandage, and it is the most badass there you go. <laughs> picture of all time. I'm yeah. here to bust yeah. heads. Yes. My, my eyebrows are full of stitches. It was, I don't know how many times I did it, but yeah. That was, that did was they a have good concussion one. protocol back then? No. What's your, what's your name? Get out there. <laughs> Do you speak English still? <laughs> yeah. Uh, see. Okay, get out there. That's it, yeah. <laughs> well, man, thanks for joining yeah. us. Uh, we mentioned at the intro here, um, that we are down here in Dallas uh, for the MLS Next Event, the end of year showcase tournament. Uh, you guys, uh, you are one of the directors over St. Louis Scott Gallagher. Uh, just real quickly, how many teams you got here and how's it going so far for you guys? Yeah, so um, we've got the 15, 16, 17s here. Um, 15s were in the playoffs. They started yesterday. Obviously, they lost 2-0 to Red Bull, but they played really well. Um uh, 16s last night tied Phoenix Rising, and okay. then the 17s this morning beat Phoenix Rising 4-2. So, you know, it, it's good. It's, um, it's a little unfortunate the, the 15s got bounced out quickly, and now they'll go into the showcase part of it. But um, it's really about, it's really about for, for right now, it's about, you know, just playing well, getting ready for next year. And for really for the 17s being seen by the college coaches, and we had we had a good good um, some there were a lot of numbers out today for us. Uh, so that's good. You know, hopefully that that'll help. This is really the start of their their part to you know into the college stuff. And yeah. So this is where really the colleges will start paying attention to this age group, um, and hopefully you know they'll get some. Actually, some of them already had some offers. Nice. Um, and and some you know people contacting them. So. Um, that, that's what it's kind of about for us right now is getting these these guys into good colleges. How about the draw that the 15s gain right out of the gate to get a yeah. hammer like that? I mean, I guess you got to beat all of them to win it, but I mean, 
What an unlucky draw to have that team right out of the gate because that's one yeah. of the marquee clubs, academies in our in, in our the age group well, or in our country. Know, how they did it is uh, there were uh, in in that age group there were 32, and so they they seeded them, um, and they were 29th. <laughs> so you know they were gonna they were gonna hit a hit a good team. We knew that. Um, but, you know, like I said, they, they played pretty well. I mean, they had some chances to, to score some goals. Um, you know, Red Bull scored late. Um, you know, Brady Cockman was really, really played really well in goal yesterday for us. Um, and, you know, th their goal that they got was just a little bit of, I th think, fatigue. Yeah. And then towards the end, um, we, you know, we were out of subs and then um, we had an injury. So we were played the last 10 minutes with, with just 10. So they gave a great effort. Um, can't, you know, there's nothing to be... Uh, ashamed about so yeah. uh, we just keep going on well we, you know, every we were, kid every kid played hard it was very hot yeah. very you know just a a lot going on emotionally too you know yeah. that's a lot to get up for right and yeah, in this type of weather and, and yeah we, that we were uh, we were we were all there in support watching because yeah, obviously the, the boys uh our, our boys are obviously close to you guys yeah. the club etc um you know for 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 all intent and purposes up until the first goal, because it was really almost a 70th minute goal, yeah. maybe. I mean, yeah. it was pretty late in the yeah, game. Yeah, it was late, yeah. It was a good boxing match for the most yeah. part. You know? no, we had some chances. Uh, you know, like I said, Brady played well. He had some good saves that kept kept him in the game at zeros. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just it was a small breakdown there. Um, and, um, yeah, they got the goal. But they, they didn't stop. And even even going down the man, um, they, they, they kept playing. And so can't fault their effort uh and that's all that's all we can ask for from those guys so so let's expand a little bit on what you touched on uh specifically you brought it up with the 17s in the role of this tournament uh as far as path goes uh you know because i mean it, it's a it's a literal who's who of uh universities and, and, and even pro scouts for the for that yeah. matter that are just walking around every corner virtually every field yeah so you guys as a club because uh, because the older uh you coach which two age groups i'm 17 and 19 17. i got the older ones yeah so right. and that's that's kind of you know i know a lot of those guys the, the college coaches mm -hmm. and they'll call me and ask my opinion on them um i'll be honest because you know if, if i'm not honest with them then they will come back to me. And so yeah, you know, yeah. if they're not good enough for that level, I'll let them know. But if I think they can play at that level, um, you know, I hopefully these guys take my word for it because, um, you know, and that's kind of where our club is right now. You know, previous to when I got here three years ago and, you know, coaching the pro team and everything, it was really about let's get these guys ready for professional. Mm -hmm. But now, now things have changed for us. Um, and but that's that's what it is. That's that's our landscape right now, and we do as much as we can to push these guys onto the next level, what, what whatever that is. Well, you've been around the game clearly your whole life. You've yeah. played at the highest level uh, around the world, um, you know. And now that you've been close to the uh, what I would call the advanced teen years, you know, the 15 through 19, um, speak a little bit to the individual that's listening. Uh, specifically in our backyard, mm -hmm. uh, you know, because C City SC and that academy is is labeled, touted as a pro path. Right. Now, we all know that the reality of that path is really saved for a select few. It's not like every kid on these rosters is going down that road. Um, so for you, uh, with that 16, 17, 18-year-old player, um, talk a little bit to, again, assuming somebody's listening, talk about that change. Talk about the development and how if you're not in early or selected at like a city program or even at a Gallagher for Academy, talk about the process. Talk about the grind and how you manage as talent develops over time. 
Yeah, and so you know, I did. You know, I did say, yeah, we're more of a, we're we're more of a college, prep. You know, getting these guys ready for college right now. It, it's like I, I said, our landscape has changed a little bit for our club, um, but you know, we've we've been talking about this also. So, you know, our pathway still is to professional because there are some kids that you know they'll they will be missed that. You know that are not they're at city now that will come back <laughs> let's put it that way sure um, and so with with the mls now you know it's just not there, there's going to be more options for these guys that are not in city yes it's not a linear <clears throat> line right i mean there there's just different ways to develop with late bloomers and 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 kids that play multi-sports and it, it's just not if you're if you don't make this team um, you're not going to college. Right. You're not going to be a professional athlete. Yeah. It, it, it's there's there's too many um, fish in the sea for it to be that way. Well, and I, I have a question for yeah. you, Tritt. You made the, the mention that when you talk to these college coaches, your your reputation's on the line, right? Yeah, for sure. That's why and I'm so honest. Yeah. Are you also able to have that kind of an honest conversation with the kid? Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I, I mean, that's that's what I, I I think I well, I don't pride myself on, but that's you have to be that because you don't want to get their hopes up and then. You know, those those hopes are dashed because you're trying to push them into something that they're not. Right. And so, I, you know, and, and I mean, that's how, you know, even when I was coaching professional, that's kind of how I was with, with my players also. It was like, you know, you got to be honest with these guys. Because um, yeah. if not, then... Well, let me, yeah. let, let me take that question one step further. Uh, how often and how well or how much fun do you have communicating that to the beloved parents as well. <laughs> That's another part. <laughs> um, you know, for the, so you know, we have we so we have the 13s all the way to 19s. Um, 13s, 14s are different. Um, you know, you, you have to you have to speak to the parents. They're just not mature enough. Mm-hmm. As they get into starting to fit, get into 15s, 16s, you know, I, I want I want our I want those players to be a little bit more reliable and and take care of themselves it's a responsibility yeah. you're you're, yeah. you're an extension of the family and you're teaching them this pathway and if they can't be responsible on that end they have no chance yeah and, and then then when i get to the 17s and 19s i re, i i i make the players talk to me i don't want to talk to the parents if, if they're well no <laughs> well if, if there's that way. if there's something if there's something about you know something that's wrong or whatever yeah but but the soccer part of it i want them to come to me because Say they do do go to college, mommy, daddy aren't going to be there, right. right? And so they need to understand how to, how to approach a coach, how to speak to a coach, um, you know. And, and one of the things that I just don't like is, and I'm trying to teach these guys is, you know, they'll come to me and say, "Why didn't I play?" <laughs> you know. And so way back when, you know, I, I, I had coaches, I you know, I, I I try to ask coaches and things how to how to approach people, and the best thing I can tell them is, you know. Come, go to the coach and put them in a spot and say, what can I do to get better? Yeah, right. And so, you know, because if you come to them and, you know, you're, you're saying, why, I'm, why aren't I playing? I mean, the coach is going to get pissed and, you know, it's going to go all different ways. But if you put them and ask them a question of how can I get better, then that puts the coach in, in do, a good position. Do you guys, do you as a club, do you individually, personally, do you utilize film Kind of more than maybe you ever have, just because of the ease and the access. Well, now, yeah, of the for film. Sure. I mean, we it's it's easy. I mean, we do. I try and do at least twice a week. You know, from the game previously, and then the the game or the you know getting ready for the team that we're going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, individually, it's kind of hard because there's, there's just so much time in a day, <laughs> yeah. you know, but there are some times when I'll pull out some clips, um, you know, if, if there's a player struggling with something that I'll show them, this is what you need to be doing and this is what you're not doing. And so, yeah, it, it's easy these days to do that stuff. It's just, you know, like I said, there's so much, there's only so much time in a day and um, we don't, we, you know, we get to see these kids four times a week, but um, they have school, they have other things. So, yeah, let's you know, get to the, the long, lean center back. Um, I, my favorite part about this show is, is getting you guys on here who were in the trenches and, and really lived and breathed it. 1991, the inaugural Gold Cup. Um, we just beat Mexico 3 nothing. These guys beat Mexico in the semifinals 2 nothing, And then they end up going on to win it. Um, Jorge Campos is the MVP. I can't even fathom that. But can you talk a little bit about that time in your life and that team and and the stories that somebody may get a kick out of. I mean, yeah, just tell yeah, us about you that. You know, that was, that was a kind of a crazy time in my, my life. So, yeah. you know, I finished, I, fin- I finished up the, the season in, in Czechoslovakia with Sparta Prague, um, came back and, uh, that's when, that's when, uh, uh, gosh, what does what's the coach? Oh my gosh. Uh, Loth- uh B- Bora. Mulatinovich, jeez, yeah, yeah, forgot about his, yep. forgot his name. That's how good of a coach he was. <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, well, you know he's our guest next week. We'll ask him about well, it. You better learn your better learn your Spanish then. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but so you know, after that season, I and I had the chance to stay over in Europe. Um, there were some teams interested in me, but he took over the team. Uh, you know, knowing that he was going to be the coach in '94 there, and so you know, to, to play in the in the, in in '94 in the in the country. Um, first World Cup here ever. That was like like a dream, and so yeah. I decided, hey, I'm gonna come back. And if I mean, no people don't even remember at that time we had full time contracts with the national team. Yep. Um, and so, which I think your group was the first yep. 14 or 18 to sign. Yeah, right? we started in that in '88. Yep. Right when we came back from the Olympics, and so, so a bunch of us signed. And can you tell um, us what the dollar value was? Um, which you normally don't ask that question, but yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna was, ask it. <laughs> um, gosh, I can't remember, but it was it was somewhere between forty and fifty grand a year. That's a pretty good change back then for playing well, soccer. Yeah, I mean, uh, for sure. I mean, we started out when I started, like the first um, in '87. Um, one of the first, well, it was the first half a year. I mean, we were getting ten bucks a day. You kidding me? <laughs> but, wow. But I was still in college at the time, so you know, you're going for maybe ten days. You're coming back with a hundred bucks, and hey, I was the big guy on campus, so. Um, no, but it was, you know, it was like that, that time, that time in my life, I was just, just trying to, you know, struggle and get through it. Um, and then I came back and played with, played with Bora. You know, we did, we did play in that, that first gold cup. Um, yeah, we beat Mexico in, in the, in LA Coliseum. I mean, that place was packed. Um, and then, and then we beat, uh, I think it was Honduras Honduras and penalty kicks. Yeah, and and so that place, that was great. I think everybody Uh, on the team took one. I mean, I think the score was like 11 to 10 or something maybe. Good memory. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to YouTube. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, VHS maybe on that one. No, but, um, you know, so, and then the rest of that year, um, you know, Bora just didn't like the way I played. And so, you know, I I just, he, I was kind of done at that time with, with him. Um, and then I just went, I went back to Europe and played with in, in Holland for a year. And, um, yeah. And then I got, then I actually got called after, after Bora got fired and then, uh, Steve Sampson came on in 95, I got called back up. So uh, anyway, after. that was, yeah, but you know, DeMarcus so. Beasley played in Holland and he said that that's where the prettiest girls were anywhere he ever played. <laughs> Can you confirm, deny um, or I, no question? 
<laughs> or no I, comment. Well, comment. Yeah, but hey, you go to Prague. I mean, it's even better. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, I guess I was married at the time. But, you know. Well, that, well, that puts a damper. I, I was going to ask something about about the time in Prague a little bit because one of your not claims to fame, you have several, but one of the things that stands out is you're the first American to ever play in what would become the Champions right. League. The European Cup yeah. in 1990. Wow. Yeah. Can you talk about, did it feel that way? Did it feel like something that was just so unbelievable? Or was it just another game? Yeah. How, how did that go for you? It was a little, it was a little special. I know that the, because the, we played, it was, Spart- we played Spartak Moscow. And back then it was just a home and, home and away. Yeah. So we, we played them at our place in Prague, lost 2 nothing, And then I remember I had to go back to my apartment and have a call with like the press from the United States and there were like two guys on it. <laughs> so, you know, I was like, what? it was Bill McDermott. <laughs> it was supposed to dispatch. It, ac- it was and actually Paul Gardner and somebody else. I, it I was probably the Grand City know. Press record. That was, that, it was, you know, it was Pete, it was Pete Hayes. <laughs> yeah. no, but, no, but it was, you know, it, it was, it was kind of cool, but it wasn't that special. Um, but to play in it, you know, now people don't even know that. I mean, that's that's a good trivia on probably Jeopardy. I don't know. Nobody, <laughs> nobody would know it. <laughs> so, you know, but it, it was something cool. And, um, you know, that's 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 part of my memory. Well, so we, we talked a little bit about this in the last episode when we had Mark Moser on. And he was, you know, he was talking about his career and, and that kind of uh, middle no man's land slash sweet spot for him within U.S. soccer being, you know, in the mid-80s as an indoor player, you know, obviously MISL and the steamers and everything that was happening, that was kind of the pinnacle to a degree yeah. because you had NASL that just had had failed. Yep. Uh, M- M- MLS is still 12, 13 years out. Yep. So here you are, you're kind of bucking the trend yep. for that generation. You know, were, were you cognizant because you, you, you mentioned twice in the conversation already that, you know, you were having a hard time at that time, mm-hmm. struggling with certain things. Do you look back at it now and maybe kind of check the frustration a little bit, knowing that you really were at the top of the pile? Yeah. You you bucked that trend right. and stayed relevant globally. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were guys that just quit, you know, after the 90 World Cup, like a, a guy like Mike Windishman. Uh, he was, you know, he was our captain of the team. Um, I think he might have played one more year and then he quit. He quit soccer because he just didn't like that lifestyle. I mean, I, I honestly had – I was – in with good clubs. Did um, economics have anything to do with that? Well, for him? Yeah, do you think? Probably. Like, uh, you know, so yeah. like the captain of the last World Cup team for yeah. USA, think about what his economics are in yeah. Europe versus Mike Windischmann's yeah. in 1991. Yeah. I that mean, might sway your decision a bit, huh? Yeah, I, I, I think it was. I mean, like there were, I think, I'm trying to remember guy's name now, but honestly, if you look at that 90 team, um, most of the guys went into coaching. You know, I mean, it, there's like that was Italy, right? Was yeah, it, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, and so most of those guys are still into coaching, um, but a couple of them have passed away. But yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it, that was because, and I and I tried to think back and like how why are all these guys into coaching? And for for when when we started with Lothar Osiander and and Bob Gansler, they had to teach us the game, um, the international game, not you know not not the game of soccer, yeah. but the international game, and I think a lot of the, a lot of the guys have taken what he he taught us into their coaching. I mean, Vermees is still coaching. Um, Chris Henderson's you know the technical director down in uh, in Miami. Um, Brian Bliss is in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still guys coaching college and stuff like that. There's there's 
and they've all been pretty successful in the game. They, they've been able to, you know, hang on to it. I've been able to, you know, do soccer for the majority of my life, you know. Well, it's clearly your passion. You can yeah. tell uh, watching you from afar, coaching or interacting with families, players, clubs, which I know. I'm not – nobody's dumb here as far as if you're a true soccer guy, the BS in the club with scheduling and logistics and families – Nobody wants to handle that. They just want to be on the field developing players because that's their true passion, and, and you certainly have it. Well, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's part of it. And um, like I keep saying, like all my, all my resume, I, like, I do that, you know, take care of the printer in the office. And, and uh, I just keep telling these guys, hey, I just keep adding stuff to my resume, man. So, no, but it's part of it, and I, I don't mind it, you know. I mean, it's, my, it's been my life, and I, wa- I want these kids to have a good experience and, 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 and to have a, as much a professional experience as on and off the field yeah. um, that they can. And, and, you know, when they go into, you know, wh- whatever it is, if they're going to city, if they're going to a college, if they're going to wor- wherever, that they kind of appreciate kind of what I, and what, not just my, myself, but all the, the whole staff have done. Yeah. So let's, talk, let's talk a little bit about that 90 team in particular, because I was kind of scrolling through, refreshing my own memory. Um, some of the names are I mean, they're iconic yeah you you know better than anybody uh marcelo balboa yeah uh tony miola casey keller was a young casey yeah. keller really yeah. coming into his own uh in of that group at that time you know who was the one that uh b- because you were known your reputation you were a hammer you mm-hmm. you were that central defender yeah. you were very stoic mm-hmm. kind of outwardly mm-hmm. like even we we as kids that were fans are like just kind of look at you like you that. You just dated that, me right there, I, kids. I, <laughs> Do you guys hear I, it? I, <laughs> I'm kidding. I had I, to, I, I, but, but, I, but, but I had a unique perspective because I'm like, yeah. that guy's from my hometown, right, you know, yeah, so yeah. it meant more to me in a different way. Uh, who was the player, though, of that gen, mm-hmm. gen that you were, that you just liked, that you liked the way they played, that the way Ta- that they carried themselves? Ta- 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 really? Oh, that's that's a no that's a no brainer for me. Start and stop right there. Yeah, that's. I mean, he was he was the one. Um, yeah, everybody else had, you know, back then it was like that grit and determination. Yeah, we were we were decent players, but Tab had something different. Um, and is that from his? Was he is he the guy that had the Uruguayan yeah. um, descent? Yeah, and so he yeah. he came a little bit early on with that that European flair. Yeah, if yeah. you will. Yeah. Well, he also he went to he went to Europe. Yeah. Um, was, you know, did did you did you see what he was doing, and did that help kind of influence your own decision making process with the going to Prague and considering we, other yeah, alternatives? We kind of we kind of both went at the same time, and actually we he was in Spain um, and I was in Prague, and we actually would talk on the phone um, when I had a phone because I didn't have a phone all the time. <laughs> no, but, well, that's old yeah. Eastern block. Yeah, it was probably like you couldn't get coffee phones. cans. And <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. you know, I, and I still I still talk to Tab. I mean, he's in Hartford right now. Um, USL stuff, but um, great guy, and no, but he he had that something different than none of us had. Um, you know, Harksy John Harks was close because I mean his dad was Scottish, and mm-hmm. yeah, but but Tab but Tab was special, you know, and he's a he's a great guy. Um, like I, I, I still try and keep in contact with some of these guys. Yeah, um, lost lost contact with some of them, but. Um, we were actually supposed to, last year, we were supposed to have like a reunion through U.S. soccer, but that kind of fell through. Well, let me well, ask you this. I mean, he's enshrined, Tab's enshrined right over here. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. right. So my, my question is, this is this is pretty full circle. You're a St. Louis guy, eat Metro East. 
Hey, we joked about us being kids. Metro. Um, we <laughs> joked about us being there. kids. You can't even say Granite City. <laughs> no, I can. I can. I can. I can. So I you, I remember vividly um, the World Cup qualifying games out there yeah. on Field One at Soccer Park, going yeah. as a kid. Tab Ramos scoring goals against yeah. Costa Rica. We just talked about that. You're full circle back this many years later, and you're coaching on the main field, 17, 18, 19-year-olds, or even down to 13, 14, 15-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Do you ever just sit back and be like, do you remember when we were playing Costa Rica yeah. in 1992 yeah. or 1988 or whatever it yeah, was? Right. I mean, that's that's pretty cool that, you know, growing up in, in Granite City. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Um, it almost sounded like you, a you, <laughs> and, you, you will get paid today. Congratulations. And, and, and then, you know, playing in those games, and, and, and going all over the world like you did, and, and, and you're back at home almost. I yeah. mean, I mean that's that's pretty special. No, it was, and I mean, you know, when well, when I was, you know, I was five years in in, in the Springs coaching the, the pro team there, and then um, got fired, which everybody's going to get fired sooner or later mm-hmm. if you're in this sport. Um, it, the the chance to come back was kind of cool. I mean, I, you know, I mean, you guys, I don't know if you remember, but I was coming back just to do the academy before right. Pulis uh, mm-hmm. decided to, to quit and. Right place, right time. Um, it's just unfortunate that that team can't couldn't stay around because I thought we had something kind of cool going. I there. loved loved but, going to those games. Yeah, no, we talked about with Jeremy Allen. Ball. the game yeah. day experience there was first class. Oh, it was it was so and much night and day you then. You know, because like when I you know I started that I started that team in in the springs kind of from scratch and all that and just the just the passion and the emotion of, of the whole stadium it wasn't it wasn't there but when i came back man it was unbelievable yeah you know and, and, that, and that was kind of the coolest thing um to come back there because honestly when when i when i left when i left probably like when i was i don't know 24 25 yeah. i don't know i'm yeah. like i'm never coming back here <laughs> <laughs> famous, especially, especially not a granite city yeah. <laughs> no, famous but, last words yeah. man we all say the same thing but no i'll I see mean, you at smoky joe's next week yeah right? they're, they're, it's, it's still standing i don't know how it is but it is uh, but no it um it was it's been kind of great coming back i mean you know i and then i get to work with the, the guys that you know and it's kind of like a family. I'm telling you. I mean, it's it's nothing. It's not. It's it's nothing that I've ever experienced before. But it's it's really kind of cool being back. Awesome. So you you mentioned Lothar and how he kind of taught you the international game and and you know all the different coaches that have come out of that that '90 team. Yeah. We had Gene Baker on. Mm-hmm. It was a solo interview that that JB did um, with, with Mendoza as well. With I think. Dave Fernandez. Or Fernandez. Oh, very cool. Yeah. And he talked about. I think Dave brought this up that there were what eighty six guys that he had coached at some point that are now oh, yeah, coaches. Oh yeah, yeah, that and too. Yeah, you yeah. had you had Kehoe, yeah. and you had Baker yeah. in your time at Granite City. Well, alone. he wasn't. He didn't play at Granite City South though. I, I, oh. I, I was at Bob. No, I was at Bob Kehoe. I was at North. Okay, uh, but still t- teaching the game. Yeah. I mean, but then you know I, I I know Gene pretty well too, and so I mean, but and then because. In the in the off season, I always I would I would play with the guys from South. I yeah. would yeah. play with the guys from North, and um, yeah. So I mean, we all learned the game together, and I think we learned to play it right. So was that was that Ruben running around too? I, I, I was with Ruben. Ruben was my club coach too. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and so yeah, I mean, I, I had I can't the coaching I had growing up was unbelievable, you know. And then then when I went over to, to St. Louis, I mean, Franz von Bolkum was there at Bush with me. If you guys remember him, I remember him, um, but. I just had good coaching the whole my whole career, youth career, and all on up. And I just I think I just learned a lot from them. I try and you know I take a lot of the things that from the coaches. I mean, I had I don't know four or five national team coaches, and then 
you know, the way the game was with, with the, the, when my professional career, I had so many different professional coaches too. I try and take all that stuff from them and, and try and do it into my coaching. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying, you know, hopefully some guys learn from me too. Um, well, some guys, you, some well, guys don't. When did you to decide <laughs> to? And you know, when you hung up the boots for in 2001, 2003, yeah. somewhere in that range, um, how long did it take? First of all, for you to get over Balboa, taking <laughs> your spot. Second of yeah. all, because <laughs> you guys are friends, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, when did you decide? You know what? I, I think I do want to give back. I, I, I don't, I don't want to leave the game. I don't want to go do something else. I want to give back. And how, how, how did that process develop yeah, for so, you? I mean. So like, and so that was 99 when, uh, in Colorado. So, you know, I'd been there three years, um, four, almost oh, four years, I guess. Yeah. Four years. And so, um, did Stan Kroenke on the fucking team when you were there at the, no, no, no. He Rapids? did when I was, when I was coaching, okay. when I was the assistant coach. How, I mean, that guy's an ace, huh? <laughs> you know, well, he, his checks didn't bounce. No, he, he bought, he bought the team. And then I saw him at one game the whole season. That was it. The first really? game, the first game ever. Okay. So, I yeah. would say the Arsenal fans yeah. probably say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think he yeah. came to a game. We saw his mustache somewhere. <laughs> when they, when they probably won, that's the only time. Oh yeah. To. No, but, um, you know, so Mooch Meyernick was the coach then. He, he just thought I was getting a little bit too old. And so it was time for change, but I, I wanted to keep playing. And so I asked him, hey, just trade me. And if you could trade me to Tampa, I would like to go there and kind of finish my career in Tampa. Um, yeah, so I, got, I played three more years. I was going to play the one more year, and then that's when they, uh, that's when they folded up the mutiny at the time. Yeah. Um, and and I, I mean, at 36, I, I, saw, I still thought I had one more year in me. Um, but then, yeah, so that folded up, and I'm like – now what the hell am I going to do? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. no, but I, I, you know, I stayed down in Tampa. I was, I was technical director for Blackwatch. You guys remember Blackwatch I do. way yep. back when? Yep. yep. I remember. Um, Tampa Sumble. Yeah. They were always yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. That. And so, we played them. And then that, that after, I mean, it was probably, I can't remember what, it was 2003. And then Tim Hankinson was the coach in the Rapids. And he said, Hey, do you want to come be the assistant for the Rapids? I'm like, all right. <laughs> yeah. So, and I kind of, and I kind of wanted to move back to the Colorado anyway. Um, and so it was kind of good there. So I, you know, I, I was there from 2003 to 2020 when I came back here and wow. or, sorry to St. Louis. Um, and so that was, and then, you know, my, my, I got remarried, but so my wife has never been out of the state of Colorado. Now she's living in Imperial, Missouri, man. <laughs> Beautiful, wow. sunny Imperial. Uh, it's totally the same thing. Like, you, very were, close. You, you were also, then you were on the staff when Colorado made their run um, for their only MLS championship, correct? I was on the academy staff. You were on the academy staff? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So okay. I, I was, I was assistant 2003, four seasons, 2003, four, five, and six. Um, and then, um, and then I just stayed in Colorado and did some youth, I college, and then the opportunity came up for the, the, the Springs job. And um, so 2014 to, what, 2019, I was serious, yeah. serious question. Did you get your wife to move to Imperial by mm. taking her to Mastodon State Park? Hey, that, love love the place, though. No, you know what? I honestly let her, I let us let her pick somewhere. I said, just, it's got to be within the, the, close to the soccer park. And right. so, uh, no, it's, it's cool. It's, it's, a, it's a new community down there. Yeah. Um, and um, got great neighbors. Got a lot of Bosnians around me. <laughs> because they're everywhere, yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's a great. So community. when you guys play shirts and skins in the neighborhood, do they all try and pick you? <laughs> I can't play anymore, man. My body's falling apart. Are you kidding me? Well, he was in those indoor days when you were like getting trash can ice baths with bushes yeah. and smoking cigarettes. <laughs> oh, the Bosnians yeah. are just hammering cigarettes too. <laughs> That's right. Man. Well, they did it on the field. I mean, they, yeah, right. They wouldn't kick you; they would burn you. Yeah, right. Oh, so let me let me ask you this, um, and this is really more. Uh, Kind of based on one of the 
primary premises of our show is really to illustrate the, the value that St. Louis has, not only in producing players, but loving the sport, but really kind of the, the character, the, the symbolism of St. Louis soccer. Yep. You, you grew up in it, right? You elevated to the highest level, uh, and now you're kind of back you know, in it knee deep at Gallagher. Uh, speak to um, you know, what your take is on the potential of what the secret sauce might be or what you think it looks like, and why is it that our backyard, you know, your, your hometown, yeah. wh- why does it work here, there, because we're in Dallas. Yeah. Why does it work? Why do you think it works so well? I mean, that's that's a good question because, like, you know, I've I've lived in a lot of different places. Um, I just think it's it's like the culture of the people there. Like the people grow up with the game. Um, they have good coaches. Um, I, they have a passion for it. I mean, I you know, I've been to I've been to one city game, um, and just the atmosphere there is unbelievable. I mean, I'll give them that. I don't like the way they play on the field. <laughs> no. How do you really feel? <laughs> no, but um, yeah, it's, it's and I, yeah, I'm not going to go into that stuff, but no, just, just the, you can feel it in the stadium. I mean, even from just getting, just getting to the stadium um, and just people walking around and, and just the energy there, it's something cool, man. And it, I, don't, I don't know how to explain it, why, but, um, and why, why the team hasn't been there when you know the inception of the league i mean obviously it's, yeah. it's probably money and things like that but i think you um, hit it on the head so somebody in our past you guys might be able to tell me who it is somebody said you go into a lot of metropolitan areas that the game of soccer is growing at a rapid pace and in st louis there's been it's multi-generational there's great grandfathers and grandmothers that have been around the game yeah it was, it was siue it was siue you're right and when you go to a lot of other markets, there is, you know, it's it's one generation. It's maybe a dad well, or a mom. It exists, yeah. and there's talent, but it's not embedded in the culture of the kind of the athletic yeah. community. No, I, I mean, I, you know, like I said, I going to that game, and I've been to a lot of different MLS games and a lot of different MLS stadiums. I mean, I've been into this one across the street here, yeah. and the atmosphere sucks. <laughs> you know? yeah. The atmosphere sucks in, in, in Colorado. Yeah. I mean, I, I played in that in but, yeah, I mean, I played in the – when it was at Mile High, and you put 20,000 people in that thing, it's just – it's nothing. Yeah. But I've been, you know, into L.A. and all, all the, a lot of different places I've, I've watched games, but um, that that was unbelievable. I'm telling you. I mean, I, I just didn't feel it. And you can feel it. Until when I was in Europe, I felt it like that. Sure. Because um, I, I went to, like – I went to watch Bayern a couple times when I was in Munich one time, and – just that energy is kind of the same energy that I felt uh, at City. It's game. very similar, and and I've been to a couple European matches, and I had never experienced any. The closest thing to a European football match yeah. is a college football game. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And yeah. the only thing I've ever experienced similar to that is now in the City Stadium. But I was going to ask you something about. You said that the coach of, of Colorado said, you know, Tritt, it's probably time to hang him up when you were 36. <laughs> Well, now, I was about 33 like, at that time. Okay, but yeah. now we have Messi coming over, yeah. making the most money of any professional player in the U.S. probably ever, uh, with all the, the different and tags on his deals. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think that's going to have? I mean, do you think it's going to have an impact on on the sport over here? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's going to? What, what are your thoughts? Well, I think it already has. I mean, if you look at yeah. like the whatever. Is it called Twitter? Is that what that's called? No, Twitter. No, but Napster, know, MySpace. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're, they're talking about the just the numbers on that stuff, and and it's just it's just I think it's given the league like 
people are going to start looking at it even more. And I, I just, I, I, I think it's going to open the door for more, more players like that, like a Neymar probably. I would, I would expect him to be coming so soon. Um, but I just, it, it's, but it's going to, it's going to, um, I heard Mbappe's coming next year too. Well, Neymar, <laughs> yes. Neymar has to, Neymar has to play <laughs> for the Holland, LA Galaxy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, Neymar has to play for the LA Galaxy if he's going to come over here. Oh, I wouldn't. He would. Yeah. I mean, he's going to teach those boys yeah. how to really flop. Like really, uh, you don't really need to. If you watch that class, no, they're just not good at pre-game cartwheels. So yeah, I don't. I don't think you're going to get like Neymar to come to like a Columbus. There's no chance. <laughs> so, but uh, no, it's, it's you know, the, or, or 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 Kansas. Who would go to Kansas City? That's the real question. Jeff Davis, <laughs> <laughs> Peter Vermees, a friend of yours. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to top off here uh, a little bit of a breather. We'll be right back with uh, Mr. Steve Trichu. Thanks for your time, Steve. Thanks. All right. I'm Max, and I'm nine years old. When I'm not playing soccer, jumping on a trampoline, or playing Xbox, with permission, of course, I listen to the Baked In Podcast with Josh Allen. Josh talks to some of the most incredible business leaders in St. Louis. From Maxine Clark of Build-A-Bear to Gerard Kraft, the chief flavor officer for my favorite team, St. Louis City SC. There's something for everyone. If you're interested in the secret sauce of success, check out the Baked In Podcast. Now, back to those old guys. Go ahead, Jer- Zach. Say what you want to say. No, I just I just want to listen to it. Hold on. <laughs> Good song. It's not a hard one to figure out. Oh, wait a second, though. This might have been during your youth in which you were <laughs> obstructed from pop culture. <laughs> no, I, this one certainly got through. Yeah, this but one. But I wasn't allowed to watch the video. Oh, no. Uh, why? Because I wasn't allowed to have MTV. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Meet the wannabe pastor of the group. <laughs> yeah, well, one and it's not Jared. <laughs> it's not, not Jared. Jared. No. <laughs> no, we are rolling in here with the GNR. Uh, this song was released, I believe, in '89, right? I remember it. Yeah, yeah, it would have been in your heyday. So, oh, yeah. <clears throat> we always joke about walk-up songs. Like, if you had your personal <laughs> choice walk-ups, you know, number two, Steve Trichy, yeah. what what song would play? You know, it's funny they did it in. Um, so, like, you know, the way the the MLS was back when they they would have walk up like or they would announce people like individually and so t-shirt gun they had mine was <clears throat> jump. <laughs> that, jump okay look at what, what song was number one I almost played that one oh my goodness yeah here and that's no on way. the 80s yeah. hand no, I swear to God right there there it is see that's, wow God I was so right close I'm like cool man, is that? I'm like I'm 50-50 on this one and oh, damn it. you know what the gene that 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 uh Paradise City, that song and Funky Comedina. All every time I hear those songs, I think of the Washington Town and Country Fair. Oh, funky, I thought you said Funky that's, Cold Medina. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I've never heard that version. Can you hum it for me? <laughs> what did you think I said? Funky Cold Medina. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. It did. It did. <laughs> Funky oh man, call Medina. He did say that. He's from Washington, Missouri. I, yeah, <laughs> not from Washington. <laughs> Washington, that's right. Furky, Furky Play down Furky Fur. Medina. <laughs> so, so the league then they they they, they tossed out the idea of walk-ups, and uh, were you able to choose jump, or did they choose it for they you? They choose. They chose it for me. I mean, mm. you know, because I mean, obviously, when I was 
That was pre wiki wiki That's pages a- too. How did they know that you loved mullet rock? Well, no, it wasn't that. It was just like ju- I can jump high. <laughs> did, you, oh. did you listen to that after every win in your Trans Am on the way home? I, yeah, I, with, with the T-top <laughs> <T-tops>. down. <laughs> well, we know you could jump high because all the scars in your eyebrows exactly, yeah, from hitting yeah. the back of heads. Oh, man. That's, that's what, oh, I had some good ones, man. Yeah. I had a, they had to bring a plastic surgeon in one time and do this one, I, my left one, because it, so, it, was, it was so wide. Who, who was the recipient of your head? Oh, gosh, who knows? Name just of, that guy, <laughs> the forward that day. Whoever. Well, so so going back in the day, I mean, is there is there you know we talked about players a little bit, talked about you know uh, periods and and you know uh, teams that you played on. Mm-hmm. Let's talk specifically about a game or the game, you know, because you've you've got hundreds if not thousands of games racked into your Rolodex. Right. Which one, when you think about your career, kind of stands out, and, and for what reason? Because a lot of people have memories of a particular game. That are all over the board, right. you know, good and bad. What's what's the one that stands out for you? I mean, there's 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 some games like I scored in, maybe get to get the winner of it. Probably the one is the game in Trinidad um, that we had to win and went down there and won one zero to qualify for the World Cup. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, it it wasn't the best game we played, but probably the most memorial memorable game. Um, there actually was there was another one too, and you guys probably won't remember this one. This was ni- 1987. Olympic qualifying, and we played at the, we played at the park. We played Canada. Yep. Um, we oh, went. I, up, I remember that. I yeah, do too. Okay, so we we won. We lost two zero up there, and we came back to the, the to the soccer park, and I think we four two, no four nothing three nothing three nothing. Sorry, three nothing. Yeah. Uh, to go on to the next round, and then we qualified for the eighty eight Olympics, um, and so that was kind of the start. That that helped us a lot in qualifying for the for the World Cup in the eighty nine and stuff. So because it was basically the same team. Yeah, and so you know that kind of started up, and, th- and that was that was kind of cool because I had a lot of my friends come, my family were there, and and to to, to keep advancing because at the time it was it was mostly us uh, college guys, um, and then Canada had a lot of the ML- MISL ga- guys playing that weren't in the playoffs or whatever, and so yeah. it was I mean like I said they they tore us apart in, up in Canada, but then we came to St Louis and I mean the crowd was great that day I just vividly remember that. Um, and so I remember those crowds for those games too. Yeah. I was a young kid and, and playing at that place, training there as a young kid. Yeah, I was going there. to every I was one of those at that games game as a kid. And cool. th- that that was my first really initial reaction to international soccer or invitation, if you will. And it, I, it, I mean, the atmosphere was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember, you know, as a, as a, you know, kid, teenager, player, even into college. Couldn't wait to get to Soccer America because yeah. you, know, you go through, yeah. and when those photos of Soccer Park were present, you know, for the qualifiers, right? You know, it's just it's it's a special place. Yeah, for, no, for sure. I mean, I you know, I mean, I was there when it because I remember like the, when the the first time I played there, I was a freshman in college at SIU, and we played somebody. We played North Texas there, um, and then SLU was playing SMU on the other field or. or after us. Well, how many bronze boots games did you play there? Or were you on the turf at? Oh, no, no, we were at the Bush Stadium. The Bush Stadium until, and the bronze boots. That's until, right. Until my senior year, then we played. That's when they get, went away from Bush Stadium. We played it at our place at SIU, and the place was packed. It was kind of cool. Nice. Because um, at the time, like all us guys from SIU were friends with the guys from SLU. Yep. So we had a big party at SIU after the game. Nice. <laughs> so because uh, we all we all played together, like on the club teams and stuff, and yeah. so we were all friends. And so did, but, uh, did you guys all go up to Stagger in afterwards? And no, we just stayed up at Tower Lake. We had a big party up in Tower Lake. <laughs> Tower Lake. Lake. Yeah, <laughs> the go. door. Yeah. Tower Lake. There you go. So so let's let's shift over then. Um, 
because obviously you had your experience as a player, the games that stand out to you. Uh, what about what about though as a coach? You know, in that kind of second phase of your right. soccer life, um, wh- what stood out to you as a coach? Uh, you know, maybe the, a team or a tournament or a moment in time. You know, what's what's that one that comes to comes to mind? Um, man, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, there, there were some good memories and. Uh, well, you know, like the the four years I was with the Rapids, we made we made the playoffs every year. I mean, that was that was okay. Um, but then when I took over uh, Colorado Springs, um, you know, the, the first year we we got into the playoffs, we got to the second round. But I'll have to say, like that that year that explain to um, our listeners real quick what Colorado Springs is. When you say you take you took over at Colorado Springs, tell tell us yeah. what that means. Well, it was it was kind of the U, it was the USL. It was okay. the, it was the same it was the same um, league that St. Louis City or. <laughs> Had. St. Louis FC were in at the yep, time, yep. Um, and so you know we <laughs> we started it. It was a brand new brand, brand new team in 2014. Okay. Our first year was 2015. I was hired in 2014 to put it together, but um, yeah. So um, this is switchbacks in, in Colorado Springs, and so yep. you know I mean like I said there were, there were some games there, but I, that, you know that that whole season for FC was kind of cool. Um, you know. The way we got into the playoffs, um, and yeah, it was the pandemic and all that stuff. But the way we got, we had to keep winning, and we won it. We beat uh, Indy Fire, or Indy Fire, Indy uh, Eleven on that last yep. day, and then we then we uh, went to Hartford and beat them, and then we went to Louisville and should have been up two nothing, um, and then lost two nothing. But um, that was so much fun, yeah. Uh, and just like just being back in front of everybody and. Just being in that culture, being in that atmosphere with all all, all my friends door around, having a professional outdoor team in St. Louis where one belongs. Yeah, and 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 I had the backing too. Like in in the Springs, like that ownership sucked. <laughs> to say that, but that, you know, when I came here, just dealing with 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 Tom and Jim. Um, yeah. It was so much better. I mean, they just laid it out. It's like, hey, go win. Their passion for the game is just just bubbling over at all times. I love it. And they're also kind of part of what I was just talking about and describing earlier, where St. Louis is a unique town in so much that soccer is not just a sport. It is part of our culture. It is, yeah. So whenever you have the business community who also grew up in that culture, I mean, talk about a competitive advantage. Do you see that as part of the reason why uh, City SC... Has came out of the gate the way they have. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much uh, how much influence those guys have on that part of it. I don't. I have no idea. I couldn't even sure uh, respond to that. But um, you know, I think they've done a good job of keeping the culture within the St. Louis people. I, yeah. I don't know. How, I don't, I don't know well how said. they did that, I, but you know, it's, well said. I don't know how it, but it's there. Um, and like yeah. I said, like I said, just going to the stadium and. And just feeling the atmosphere and, and feeling the passion there from the people, it's, it's something special. And, you know, a lot of those people are, are soccer people, but there are non-soccer people or not non-educated soccer people that are going there. Yeah. And I think that's why they like the game. Well, I think, <laughs> well, you touched on it. And the I, Cardinals well, suck, too. And, oh, don't, let's not go there right now. Well, you know, <laughs> you, you touched on it, and we all experience it as well as season ticket holders. It, they created an environment in which you do not have to be a soccer fan no. to understand no. This is pro. This is yeah. extremely well thought out intent. You know, yeah. that's kind of how it looks. It's, it's a great experience. And, and I think, you know, that goes the way they play, too. I mean, I, I think they've all said it. Um, you know, maybe they want to play a different way, but, you know, they, they've, they've used the term chaotic and things direct. like that. Yeah, direct. Um, and so, and that's, that's why I think, like, the non, 
educated soccer fan likes the game because it is high pace. It's, it's, it's high energy, things like that. It's no um, man city. It is not no man city. Yeah. They're not parking the bus. It's not even man. You No. I, <laughs> no, I, I no. just got it. It's leads and we don't want to talk about leads. There, there are, there are way too many people from granite city in here right now. I just noticed that too. I, I didn't see him walk. We're getting I know. Look, more see, and more guests and we're, we're taking over. It's, man. it's getting a little, it's getting a little thick. It doesn't matter where you go guys. Get used to it. Everybody yeah. looks sickly from the steel they're manufacturing. <laughs> That's called, that's called character. It's coal created. You should character. see us at night. We glow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so I have a question. This is something that's been a, a recurring question that we've asked a number of our guests that have been uh, really more leaning into the player development, coaching, training world. And uh, I, I'm really curious as to your take because as a player that was and had it, Right. That, you know, when you look at kids coming up at a young age, you know, like when you're at the club now, Mm -hmm. um, when you what is it about a player that kind of strikes your fancy when you see them do certain things? And can you, in your own words, define what you feel is it in a young player? And what do you do with it? That's a good that's a big question. Um, You know, there, there are a lot of good players here in St. Louis. Um, personality for me is one thing. That's that's. I, mean, I look for guys that have personalities. You know, there there are good players out there that they're they're good just because they're good, and maybe they don't really care a whole lot. I, I don't know if you guys can. Oh yeah, no. get that. You know, I mean, but there are players out there that are good, but they have a personality about it too, and they have they have you know that that passion to to want to learn. Um, to come training every day and to have a great attitude in training. Um, there's so much going on with these kids these days. And, um, you know, whether it's school, whether it's t- with that tweeter thing or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's, there's so many things for these guys these days to, to distract them from, from that. But there are some special players out there that have that right attitude, that, that passion, um, the will to, to get better. Um, the will to get to the next level. Um, right now, I see very few of them, though. You know, there, there are, there, like I said, there's good players. There are good players everywhere uh, in, in our city, but there's, there's only few that I can see that have that passion to do it, though. And it's, it's not, it's, sorry, it's not easy, but um, it's, it's, you know, some guys, some guys are just going to be happy just to play college soccer. Yeah. Um, you know, but... There's like there's right now I only see a few that want to get really to that next level. For for you as a lifelong defender, does that does that kind of influence you know the type of players that you look at that you look for? Uh, do you look for kids that are um, engaging leaders? Maybe maybe a little bit more common because there's yeah. a difference between an active uh, a, a kid with high energy mm-hmm. that is you know, maybe ag- aggressive right. versus empathetic versus yeah. those things, you know, is there kind of, you know, just one more layer that you could describe as far as what type of leader you look for uh, in, you, you know, that kid for your team or otherwise? Yeah, if you're building Mr. Potato Head, what are the, what are the four parts that you're going to try to do? I think is the question. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, if you, I mean, if you look at players, there's, there's the four parts, the technical, tactical, physical, and the mental part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of our players have that technical part for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there are players that, you know, they can 
get better t- uh, tactically. I mean, you know, that's just that just for, comes from playing the game. Mm-hmm. And physically, we we've, we've got players. Yes. You know, I mean, and the, the thing right now for for the, the players are speed. I mean, that's one of the things that everybody looks for. Um, and it's not necessarily overall speed, run from here to the wall, no, the fastest. No. It's it's speed of making correct decisions. Yeah. It's it's awareness, the close, speed part of it to, to, to position yeah. right yeah, that, tactically. That's, that's, that kind of all is encompassing the speed part of it. Yes. You, know, the, you know, especially the, the the decision part of it. Um, you know, there some some players are good, but they're they're slow in their decision making. Mm-hmm. And, and, but and you can see it. You know, but and that's kind of that's so like that that last part, the mental part of it, the psychological part of it. That's that's the one where it's it's that's kind of the probably the hardest one to like determine how what it's going to be like. But I do see players out there that do have that that mental. Uh, you know, strength to, to to get to the next level. Um, now, will they? That's you know, there, there's a lot that that goes into that. I mean, Absolutely. I was I was lucky. Some you know, sometimes it's just right place, right time, and yeah. people, people you know, and and things like that. Um, and so, it's it's tough. It's not it's not easy. You know, in in the in the in the in the in what we, what we're doing, trying to develop guys. Um, yeah. You know, we yeah we can say. Yeah, these guys are going to college, and that's that's perfect. But how can we get those guys to that next level? Yeah. Um, can you teach you know, it? Can, man, can you actually? Yeah. You can cultivate it, yeah. but can you force a player to get it at that clip and that grasp uh, to be able to grasp it that much to be able to be like, uh, that's a pro. That, that so that's that's the hardest part of it. Um, you know, we can we get with these guys. You know, a couple hours a day, maybe four days a week or whatever it is, right. but. What's going on at home, you yeah. know? and that's or what's going on at school, and so that's that's the big thing about it is like yeah we have them for a little bit, but then yeah that's that's great you're 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 focused on it for two hours a day, but now what's going on what's going on beyond that, and so that's kind of hard to control, but uh, that you know that's life I guess. I don't yeah. Know. yeah yeah welcome <laughs> to the real world. Uh, right? yeah. Yeah. You mentioned earlier about you know, talking to these parents, talking to these coaches, mm-hmm. being honest being real with the, the kids I have a, a I have a final question for now <laughs> I might have another one later but right now <laughs> oh we don't question <laughs> have you been wrong oh yeah no I mean that's you know that's you, you learn from that I mean that's and that's a player too you you got you gotta you gotta fail to learn um and and believe me I've you know I've I've been through that whether as a coach whether as a player um and I'm still learning and that's you know and that's kind of what I like about all this stuff you know it's just yeah I can just cruise through this and whatever but you know I I, I'm trying to educate myself more and more every day on everything whether it's coaching whether it's uh you know the mental side of the game or you know dealing with with Nick Moniker over here with our the physical (laughs) part of the game yeah Yeah. and so we're all and and that's that's the good thing about our staff is like we all want to keep learning and and trying to get better and you know at, at this point of our um with with Gallagher right now is I keep, I, you know, I go back to like when before the before City was here, um, these guys had to pick up the litter, and it was easy. I told them I said you guys didn't have to coach much. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. But now we have to. You know we have to teach these kids. We have we have to keep developing them and ha- have them learn and stuff. So our jobs our jobs gotten a little bit harder. Yeah. Um, and then and that's why we need to keep educating ourselves and. And how to get all these things, you know, across to these players and, and keep developing them for, you know, I mean, the, the good thing, the good thing about all this stuff is, um, 
you know, with uh, with these guys going to uh, city and everything, um, you know, there, there's going to be some things where we're going to get some money out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And yeah. So and that's 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 kind of cool. So if they start in our program and then move to city and then sign professional contracts, our club's going to get some money. Out. That's great. Oh, that's it's great. interesting. Yeah. Um, your, your, your answer there, because knowing from firsthand, and I know there's other clubs in our city that are successful and very good soccer guys, but and I'll speak to Scott Gallagher because I have some um, familiarity there. Your staff, um, that organization, um, kudos to you folks because you can see it from, from being a, uh, a parent in the organization. You guys truly care. Yeah. And, and you said it. You kind of you could go to, to training Tuesday, Thursday, Friday and go through the motions, collect your paycheck, go out to the game. I mean, what's the bad news bears? Buttermaker, you can have a beer in the dugout. <laughs> you, 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 guys, um, you guys care about your kids, well, and that's great. Yeah. I mean, this time last year. After two years with Lenny, yeah. Tim Leonard, the emotions for yeah. both him and the kids. I mean, you were there. You yeah. saw it. Yeah. It just it says everything to me. Yeah. And that's not to take away from any other club no. in, in the no. area. It's just that emotional tie and the investment you guys make into each one of these kids and their families. Yeah. Yep. It's so invaluable. And I think it, it goes back to the, the, the what is it about St. Louis. I think that's part of it. I think... A lot of these guys and, and girls and these organizations have invested so much time and effort into the families that it makes their kids want to do that too. And it started 75 years ago or more, yeah. and it just keeps growing and growing. Yeah. And then you have explosions like City and yeah. Messi and all these things <laughs> yeah. that just amplify what is going on. I'm just, yeah. I always worry about the scale of things, yeah. and I'm not going to go down that road i just i just wanted to say to you guys mute mute buttons coming oh no no no, 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 no. i'm not going there i just i i, I just love the passion yeah and it's it's infectious well, and it, it it says so much well i, I mean that's that, i mean that that is what we're about and you know like lenny played in the club i played in the club um you know gavin cuddy's going to take over the 15 16 yeah. now and and he's been in the club for a long time um and so you know Jeff played in the club. Brad played in the club. I, I mean, we just, we, we just, I mean, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that we just want to keep growing. And, and like I said, we, we want to get better. Um, cause now, you know, we do have, we have competition in our, in our, in our city now and yeah. we've got to keep doing what we've been doing, but, be, but even be better. So we have, we have more of the St. Louis blood walking in the door here down in Dallas. I mean, it's, it's, this is a this is an enviable see, we've picture got that we got. Slough represented. We got Akron represented. We got Lindenwood represented. It's, just, it's magnetic. It's yes. us, Granite City guys, Steve. That, that we're bringing them in. I'm I tell you, you know, there's it, something magnetic in your blood. I guess they're, they're, <laughs> that too. It's, no, it, they're all they're all one yes. of these. It's not good for <laughs> it's not good for life expectancy, but you're awfully fun at a party. So I was fine until Stoll came here. I don't know <laughs> so I I want to shift back to kind of uh, a, a mashup of all the stuff that we've been talking to and put it in current. Uh, current terms, and that is today's U.S. soccer team. Mm -hmm. um, the other night we played Mexico. Yeah. You, I'm assuming you watched that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> pretty much embarrassed them. Yeah. Is, is, it, it didn't feel. 
it felt chippy because it was chippy, yeah, but it yeah. did not really feel competitive, mm -hmm. if one-sided. Um, and now we're looking at Burhalter back into the mix and all this stuff. And it, you know, we can talk about Geo's parents later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what What does it mean to you, though, uh, having worn the stars and stripes? Uh, and being so close to the game at a personal level, at a player level, and now as a professional, you know, running the club, running your teams, and you look at the ultimate pinnacle is the national team. Right. And success at that level is something that our, our nation has. We've always fell a touch short. We've got the Gold Cups, yeah. but we don't have an Olympics, really. We, mm -hmm. Clearly, we don't have a World Cup. When you look at the current talent that is coming into the pipeline at the top level, yeah. You know, our, our 18 to 24 year old age band, what's, what, what does it make you feel right now? And what's your kind of, you know, short-term, mid-term, long-term prediction for where the program is going? Yeah, I mean, that's a big loaded question. Yeah, I'm just, just back, you know, I mean, even, even when like, so, you know, mid, mid eighties, um, before I was even part of it, just, just watching it and how it's grown. I mean, shoot, even when I might, so my last, my last uh, game, 91, with when I was with Bora. And then I was, you know, like I said, I was called back in 95. Just those four years. That's four years. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that Granite City math. It's, yeah, it's not. I was going to say. <laughs> could be I don't know that math. No, but just to, just to even see it grown then. Yeah. And then, and now, to where it is now, I mean... It's just it's just a different game. I mean, there's 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 guys and playing at huge high levels in Europe. Um, just the talent too. I mean, you can you can probably go at least thirty five deep. I think right now um, on the talent level, right? That that Greg's gonna have to choose from. Would you got uh, a red card in Wednesday night's game? Wow, man! Would would you have yeah. been one of those dudes yeah, you know, with the know, eye split open and just hammering dudes? <laughs> Might not have you been know, his look, eye. Looking at it, I mean, yeah. <laughs> You know they're trying to you know they're trying to get you riled up. I mean, Dust that was dumb. Yeah, uh, that was the dumbest thing ever. I mean, yeah. why, why you know that many that that with that few minutes left in the game and where he's why? playing from, starting yeah, in Barcelona I, exactly. or yeah. did and loaned and you know, I just I didn't it's not like, like his that first day. Yeah, so I mean, but no, like like you know that that talent level is unbelievable right now. Where where they are, some of the some of the teams are playing at now. Greg's got to put it together. I mean, that's that's the thing is like we have to have a successful World Cup um, in twenty what twenty six. Okay, yeah. what's what's your definition of success um, for I'd, the team? I'd say at least get semifinals, semis. Yeah, I I, I would I, think I so. I mean, that's that that would in our country like that we'd have to do it. I mean, you have to win the group first. Whatever group you're in, you have to win it, and then from so there, you get you know, the right matchup. So you're not playing Brazil, yeah, yeah, yeah. or Holland, yeah, yeah, yeah. or. or yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but even Holland. I mean, at that last one, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, they should have done a lot better. If you win the group, yeah. you might play Denmark, though. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, it's going to be interesting these these next what three years. Um, it's going to be interesting seeing how the, how they prepare for it. Um, hopefully, these guys stay healthy. I mean, that's a big thing because you never you never know what's going to happen, um, especially up the pipe because yeah. our centers, um, midfield and through. We're deep and we have better players, but we need to be healthy through the middle of the field. Yeah, I mean, yeah. without and, question. And there's going to be more players coming up too. I mean, think about think of like if you look at the younger players. Look at the the 20s that you know just played. Yeah, they did um, really well. Yeah, the Cal kids good. Yeah. yeah. So how how many of those kids would be involved? I mean, Diego Luna. So, hey, so Luna's, yeah. So I have I have one last question here. Um, 
regarding uh, the, the the national team and St. Louis all rolled into one and your position in particular. How much pride do you have seeing Reem doing what he's doing at this level, at that age, in that position, you know, the same position yeah. you played? Yeah. What, what, what does it mean to you to see Tim thriving coming from the pipeline that all of us kind of have been part of yeah, and, and here he is for sure i mean i he's he's had a tremendous year, career and um you know you know what i mean the reason one of the reasons why i made to 36 is i took care of myself and it, and it looks like tim does too um you know I, yeah you know back when it was like yeah there were some good parties and things but you know <laughs> yeah I, I had fun but i i did take care of myself and um that's one of the things i prided myself on is staying as fit as i could and um, you know, just being on top of things for my body and take care of it. But um, it looks like, and like I said, it looks like he's done that. And I think that's that's probably a, maybe it's the St. Louis thing. I mean, How's the body know. feeling right now? Bad. When he came uh, walking in, and, and, um, and at first I thought the waitress was behind him with like free bags of popcorn. And then I realized, <laughs> no, it's probably Steve's knees. That's not, it's not my knees, man. It's my hips. You know, I, I had my I had my left hip uh, replaced. What seven eight years ago, and now my oh, right wow. one's just bothering me so bad right now. I'm in pain every night. I can't sleep, man. Well, <laughs> you're in luck. We're at Jake's Burgers and Beer, and they have beer and there whiskey. You, you know, much more effective than ibuprofen. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Steve, thank you very much for your uh, time. Thanks, man. Really it's had a blast awesome, having man. you on. Yeah. Um, you're welcome back anytime. I'm sure we're going to be yeah, crossing paths. For sure. I'm, I'm, my little guy is going to be out the park for the next five, six years. There so you go. We'll see you. I'm going to roll us out here. See what you think of this one here. Oh, there you go. Right? <laughs> this is another T-top jam, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> did, right. did you have a bird on your hood? No. <laughs> I had a big eagle, man. There like, you go. <laughs> a bird? Like a crow or a pigeon? Just the old cars with this music <laughs> playing, with the haircut oh, and the T-tops now. Yeah, the big There was always a fucking bird on the it hood. It was an eagle. It's not it a bird. Gold. It's an <laughs> eagle. I know. Firebird. Is, is Fire. an eagle a bird? Oh, my God. Jared, you're out of here. <laughs> bye. Jared's Mike's dead. All right. We're out of here. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tripp. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>